0: Hey, everybody, it's John, it's Wattar. It's a conversation with Neil DeGrade, world class guitarist from Durpur Robbins, with Mr. Christopher Grant, founder of Giddy Up, and my pal, Father Sillawan, Justiniano, iconographer. We talk about the art of Tamada. Is the table, is this dinner, this Georgian dinner, like medicine? We review our time together. This is Watar. Can't wait to share this beautiful conversation with you guys. Well, fellas, we're here. We're doing impressions. Let's start with impressions. So we—I just introduced what Art of Tomato was. Hopefully, I did that in the introduction, which people just listened to. And now, you guys are all there. Let's uh, let's start with impressions. Maybe Father Silwan. Like, would you go again? Did you? What uh, happened?
1: Yeah, I, w- I would definitely go again. I mean, I'm—I'm. I'm, to tell you the truth, although. Some people might like challenge me on this. I tend to be a shy kind of person. And I, I'm ready. I, 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 it is difficult for me to be in crowd situations. And so, um, and of course, it is also natural for anybody to, to, to have a, a hard time d- dealing with, with meeting new people because this is, there is a component of vulnerability. And like, you know, the, you know, the awkward kind of situation of getting to know. It's like Neil, and like you and Neil are say. really close like that. No, but, but the thing is like, that's the, that's the, that's the irony because it's like, um, I think even, even reflecting back on the summit that I did with you in North Dakota um, was similarly a a, a blessing in so far as you enter into a situation in which you find an atmosphere where you can navigate the relational exchange in a way that you you you, you, you forget about the inhibitions and then you enter into yeah. into relating with people in a way that like you know is is is, is enriching. And the, the funny thing in this in this situation with Florida was that I got to meet Neil and it was off the bat, like boom. And then, and, and, and Tofa was also, was also in the, in the, in the van, like coming back from the oh, airport. Oh, that's right. You and guys and got we were having a conversation you. with Andrew in the bus and like that started to like percolate, like right there, you know, it took a little bit, but then boom, we started as we were getting like, you know, to our destination, back to the hotel. Um, boom, we, we started to click and then, after that, it was just like natural. Like it, it just basically worked out extremely organically. And 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 I think that event creates, I don't know what it's happening, but it, it actually, it creates an atmosphere where people, they click somehow. And perhaps we could unpack that. But there, I think there is a common yearning for, com- there is a, a yearning for common a common talos, basically.
0: Yeah, and some yeah, and a pause or something. Topher, it's a month later. Do you still do you have positive thoughts of it a month later, or is it faded? Our little get together.
2: Oh, it was it was awesome. Um, I go to lots of events, you know, and they don't all land uh, the way that this did. Um, this this one was special not just because of the art of tamada but also the, the summit kind of being associated oh, with yeah, it in my experience starting you know going down with field workers and with father Siloan and you know getting that full experience you know about john so we had a really full experience and it was awesome but just the event itself in terms of how we took time to frame up the table as common ground, Mm. as a place for us to break bread together as common food and to lift our glasses in unison to like higher things. Uh, It was just, you know, it pointed out the value of this simple thing, you know, the table uh, that's in a part of everyday lives and in a, in a way that was like life-changing for us. That's what
0: I took away. Yeah. Neil, you're a, you know how productions go. There's got to be something we can improve on, right? Right off the bat, there's something out there.
3: Well, I mean, so I would have to do two um, of these to know how to improve on it because I, see. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I wouldn't say astonished, like jaw dropping astonished, but I was so pleased. Because um, I'm used to traveling to events, conferences speaking engagements or even like something like a family thing or a friend thing, like a wedding, a destination wedding or something like that. And they all have a certain level of awkwardness to them (laughs) that this didn't have. And so I was kind of taken aback at first because I hadn't experienced event like this. So just like, you know, Kate and I drove down, we live in Florida and we pulled in, we we see you as soon as we get there. And most of the people at this resort in uh, Isla Morada And the keys are people that are going to be at the Tamina event. So everybody's friendly. Everybody's there, like, you know, teleologically for the same purpose, Um, having great conversations, commonality with people, uh, intelligent conversations. Again, like Topher, I already knew there were people down there already knew. Father Silwan, I felt like we were peas and carrots, like Jenny and Forrest Gump. I'm um, Forrest. It's true, he's though. He's Jenny. Um, so, <laughs> no, but I, you know, I felt like we have different personalities, but I felt like we were lining up on, like, so many, like, we were sharing your brain on some of the things we were talking about. I don't get to have those kind of conversations very often. Um, and so I was so excited about the people. But when we finally got into, like, I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but doing the Itamada event, like, toasting, sitting around a table, drinking, like, I don't know. I, for me, that could be a mixed bag in my experience in my lifetime, right? But there was a harmonization that you only experience as a musician. That when you rehearse like a set of music with other people, where you're you're doing it for the same reason, you're there at the same time, you're there for long yeah, periods of time it. together. This is and, it. and you don't want it to end because you're just not used to this in life anymore. You're you have friends you're close to, but generally when you meet up, you're at different points in your life like someone's dealing with something over here or they've just come from something different than you have someone's coming off vacation the other guy's coming off work and when you meet up and you're not as synchronized but sitting down at the table together every night and doing these toasts and having this like this incredible like roller coaster joy ride of of laughs and and happy stories and 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 even like some more sorrowful touching stories that binds you with these people and when you're there for two hours and you're thinking oh this should be ending but i don't want it to and it goes on another hour and you're thinking oh this should probably end now but i don't want it to and it goes on for another hour and like you feel more like that And eventually it's 2 30 and you There's, you need yeah, to have a voice so you can talk tomorrow so you go to bed but you're just not used to being and going through the same ride with all these people with the same for the same common purpose i was so astonished by it that i'd have to do it again to start nitpicking at anything uh to give it an honest um, sense of approval to get my head around it like or or like what what should say what should go because it's just so much better than other anything like this I've experienced or done
0: you guys are kind we're gonna do it again uh, part of that we'll talk about soon in the new year but I have to say this there's this toast uh, Daniel one of our pattern who is there he's working with first things did you guys see it we have this so we've kind of bonded, right? We're 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 on Telegram as a group, and we're talking again. And Topher, you and I've been talking. Uh He sent this beautiful little article about Atamada, who's received some Americans, and they're in their fourth hour of the Supra. And everyone I know, Americans are like, really four hours? But it's there's a stillness. You you want to stay, trust me. But he says to them, May this this peace this stillness that you have right now stillness here not being quiet necessarily but a willingness to stay and sit he says may this feeling follow you from the table to your home and to every relationship you have and i was crying when i read that like a baby because i just think once you've done the table a couple times, it's a real event in your life. It's not a joke. There's a stillness, but it's not quiet. It's, um, it's peace of friendship, brotherhood, sisterhood, all that stuff. And I think we, I think we had it. I think we had it. We did some intellectual stuff. Neil, you, you and father did a nice thing on wine, medicine. Let's, let's ask that question to all of you. Do you all think the table is a type of medicine? Can it? Can it heal? And, and not just the supra, but just the table as an icon of an altar, perhaps.
3: OK, so I'll go, even though I just talked because um, no one's going. Um, <laughs> all right. Yes, I think so. Yes, I think there are so many things like as a Christian, we understand that the Garden of Eden story is part of our, our story and explains a lot of this fragmented brokenness we feel in the world. But we, we think about that a, on an individualistic basis sometimes, like our own inability to get ourselves together, right, or we right. think about it as an explanation for our own, for the reason we desire paradise and don't have it at our fingertips. And this that helps us understand why. But I don't think we think about it communally enough in the sense that we do day to day constantly experience a brokenness in our fellowship with other people, like mm-hmm. uh, that we're all brothers and sisters. We're all part of the same family tree. And yet, there seems to be this enmity between yeah. us, um, and it doesn't feel like it should be part of the world. It's unnatural for people, but it's it's weird at the same time. In like a spiritual sense, it's weird that, well, if it's all we know, why should this be so unnatural? And I think the you know the Garden of Eden story it kind of it gets us back to explaining what we were made for is different than what we're experiencing. Mm. So I think in wow. it's medicine in the sense that it's. It was a, a closer sense to maybe what we'll have in Fellowship in Heaven, like a seed of that here on Earth when you, again, like I'm using this word harmonized. It sounds kind of new agey, but I'm using it more like a musician, meaning that there's there was less dissonance than you're used to in the world. This 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 uh, disappearing of the dissonance and then this melody that as the night is going along and it's going on a journey mm. that people are participating it together and know their spot. Um, and there was a closeness and a fellowship that I think, yeah, that can heal you because you realize that this, it once, it one in one sense, it, it it points out the fact that you're living in this kind of desert of broken fellowship, and it's a little water for you, or a little, at least, a little like down payment and earnest yeah, of this fellowship yeah, which yeah. is to come. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. So yes, medicine, absolutely.
1: Uh,
0: I I see uh, it uh, too, uh,
2: Father uh, Silwan. So yeah, you go.
1: No, no, you go. You go. You go. You. Go
2: i um i see it thank you i see it as medicine in in a in a ton of ways right and i guess one way to look at it is like i i'm interfacing with what we just experienced not just the supra and this high table but just the like the learning we did like with deacon nicholas Mm. about the table and realizing like no this is medicine like as the priest of my home and this little this little house i have like the table is a tool that i need to use to like to heal uh, myself and my family and to mend relationships. It's a peace building tool between me and my neighbors, you know, or the, the, the foreigners down the street, you know, like it's, it's a tool like that hospitality on a, yeah. Like on all these different levels that it's the hearth of my home and something that really is like nourishing and and something that, you know, where we can like have that stillness. Uh, One thing that was really evident to me, Not just in this event, but at any time that I've had a really great table experience with others, is there's this timelessness. You know, time kind of starts slipping into the future. You know, and um, and it's it's really special. And maybe that's what what you mean. Maybe that's how I am interpreting stillness. You know, uh, not just the peace, but also just like this this yearning to participate in fellowship for longer and longer. You know, in and
0: timelessness is a quality of eternity or heaven. I mean, it's a quality, right? It doesn't mean we're necessarily fully imbibed and, and a part of heaven, but the timelessness that I, I, I like that. That is the stillness. That thing has to be something like a partial experience of something eternal. I really believe that. I don't know that I can uh, prove I, it.
1: I, I think, but I think it, comes via communion and, and, um, it, you know, like you were alluding to, uh, John, and I think it's it's been hit upon, like by Neil and and Christopher's, is the 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 table, the festival, like the the feast, the 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 feast, the wedding feast, hmm. the 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 eucharistic feast, being an image of the kingdom of heaven. So, so, so by definition, our human uh, communal experience around the table is an icon of the kingdom of heaven. If you look at some of the icons of the Last Judgment, uh, on the upper left-hand corner, you will see an image of what the Lord alludes to of the marriage feast and the, you know, heavenly bank banquet. Where the Lord says, like you know, He will serve His His servants. You know, uh, when He when He manifests Himself, when He comes, if they're ready, He will be the ones that He will be the first that will feed them in the Kingdom of Heaven. And so, so in in the in the banquet or the feast around the table, we have iconized the image. You know, we have we have the image of the Kingdom of Heaven, and and I think. One of the one of the things that the um, Georgian tradition, I think, does well, is that it orients the whole experience, as you actually discussed in your presentation, around a trinitarian kind of like mm. um, balance, which brings us back to the whole har- harmonious component that Neil was talking about. Where like it's not just about two people confronting each other, but there is a third element that like brings brings the whole thing into a rhythm that like sort of like delivers it from like a an extreme dualism that like is ultimately an image of the Trinity. And so that is one I think one component that like keeps it, it 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 keeps it balanced. That's right. Bringing it back to to focusing on 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 the universal components of it, which is like the the higher and the lows of our common human experience, which is the Tamara brings right. up as themes in the toast. That's right. And I think that then is what brings the communal like sense of cohesion that like then we come out of it like feeling like we've been healed somehow out of this experience.
0: Yeah, guys the lows at the restaurant, I think I told this story to you guys before, but I'll tell it to the to our crew listening. Uh, a group of women came into the restaurant. Topher, did I tell you this? And they were really excited to like celebrate their, their birthday. These are 20-somethings. And uh, w- the woman who would organize it was organizing in part to sort of get through the numbing of her life because her father had died like 10 days earlier. And so they came in and all of her girlfriends came right to me as Tamada. I was about to do the table and said, please, please, please. We heard about the fifth toast or the toast to the dead. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. And, um, you know, they don't know the liturgical tradition. They don't. They just want to have fun and they're paying dough. They're paying money. So I was confronted with that for a second. (laughs) And I said, um, yeah, I can't do that, ladies. I, I, I can't. I can't do that. And they were persistent. And one of the girlfriends went into consumer mode, like, but you don't understand we paid for this and that's not what we want. And I said, listen, I can't do this because um, I have to answer to my own, you know, my own conscience and I have to do this fifth toast, but you trust me, just trust me. And guess what happened? They loved it. They were like so happy at the end that that had happened. And I'm so glad I didn't bail out because I don't know about you guys. I kind of, I, I, I can bail out to those things. I don't like when I do that, but I stuck to it. And that's because it has the ups and the downs father that you're talking about. How can you celebrate without a proper understanding of reality? You know? So yeah, I got that. Yeah.
1: But isn't this a whole thing that speaks back. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. I mean, I was just saying like, isn't this a whole thing of overcoming fear? I mean that's I think the, the the one of the like subtexts of this whole thing. It's a lot of it has to do with overcoming fear and that's what, why the early why part's I, so
0: uncomfortable.
1: I, you know, and also and also the, the 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 confronting the lows, you know, and so because the lows are confronting death. And like and that's what mm. Saint Paul says, like we're partly in bondage to the sting of sin because of our fear of death. And so, like, that's one of the things that, like, mm. the, 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 the feast does. It's like, yes, we have to confront death, but death is not the final word. And there is something yeah. beyond it. So, anyways, guys, Neil, I'm sorry.
3: No, I mean, that's a great point. Um, there is something, well, there's something musical about what you're saying, too, when it comes to the creation of music. So, when I would work as a producer for other people's projects, I'd let them know, hey, you're coming in. You're hiring me not just to help you accomplish your goals. I'm also here to tell you no.
1: Hmm.
3: Like, I'm also here to help you see what the boundaries are of what you're doing. So I, I love that you did that so much, um, I, that you stuck to your guns and, and did it. But uh, the, also the confrontation of fear. I think that's such a great point, too, because, I mean, when you talk about an event, okay, so if I just describe to a, an average introvert, introvert. It's like, hey, you're going to come to a table and we're going to sit down. You're going to talk. You're going to, you might end up sitting next to a total stranger. You're going to talk to them the whole night. You might move around. You might pick up a glass of wine and be asked to say something really personal. And it's like, well, that's, you know, Torture. that's their worst nightmare. Because I don't know, maybe there might be some kind of weird instinct where it's like the only time their ancestors had to talk was when they were about to be killed or on trial. <laughs> so there's some kind of existential fear that uh, is, is striking the heart of an introvert. Um, but at the same time you watch people do it. You watch people take that little step and I'm sure that step was more painful for them than it was for me. But once you see them do it and that it even if it goes bad, it kinda goes it well. It goes well.
0: There's exactly. Some, exactly.
1: It goes
3: well. Like you can exactly. totally mess it up and it goes well. <laughs> totally. And uh, you know, and so that was when they when they sat down and they did it and they, and they got it they got it out, or especially the lows, like I mean so I watched some people get up and share those lows. Maybe not because out of their own personality and their desire to share it, but they would have felt like they were betraying the memory of someone they wanted that needed to be remembered. And so they pushed through and then they did it. And you saw you saw that release they had and that connection everybody had with them and everybody could feel it. They could feel the support. Um, That's that's uncanny. You don't get where do Mm -hmm. you get that in the world? Like. I mean, even your own family, sometimes the people you're supposed to be closest to is like that. Most people feel like that's a place they can't be vulnerable. And so I think there's yeah. again, back to medicine, back to the mm. in all in so many ways. Like Topher said, there's so many ways we can talk about how um, this this can be a healing experience. And I think it's a deeply Christian experience. I don't think that anything that was going on. um didn't spring from the Christian yeah, tradition. That's right. It wasn't. It wasn't like. It wasn't like we're going out in the world and trying to find cool styles of music and bring them into the church or looking at other practices. It was. It seems like a tradition that sprung deeply out of a Christian idea of hospitality and fellowship.
0: To Tofer, will you? Because, as an Orthodox guy, now you're deeply were devoted to a lot of Jewish traditions before your conversion, and. And they're similar, of course, and you threw parties in the old Testament tradition. Am I right about that? W- would you share some of that?
2: Yeah. And it's sure. connection. Um, before I do though, I wanted to just touch on that story that you told. Cause I, I think it's interesting what it says about us and our culture um, that we find, we think that healing comes from avoidance of wow. the pain or the yeah. lows. Mm-hmm. um or trying to like run away from them or high or trying to have a a peak in the middle of a valley like let's run to the peak because we don't like the feeling of this valley right. um and I, i'm saying this in terms of our culture in terms of my own milieu and like how i deal with things and like um i think that that's a really appropriate thing that like you know sitting across the table from people forces you to deal with things that you wouldn't normally <laughs> and this pattern of kind of commune you know as uh, as Father once said, but communion and confession, you know, I've seen this, this pattern uh, outside of my own Christian experience uh, be really powerful. Like people talk about it. It's a real clear thing. Like being able to get people to sit across the table is really powerful common ground and being able to get people to identify oh like God. the look to talk about the lows <laughs> is is a pattern to heal from them you know that's really mm-hmm. clear so I, I do think the table facilitates that in a way that's cool and in, in, in your story i'm sure you have tons of stories about how that happens in real life yeah. with real people yeah, um but yeah i just wanted to point out how, that avoidance culture and um how often we think that's the way to deal with pain you know lives. just and it's definitely not you not
0: know, to cut you off but in those early toes you know toast one, two, and three, when people are learning not only what the Tamada is and how it works, but they're also learning sort of the rules, it's so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now, in Georgia, everybody knows already. They, you know, it's like you go to your house for Thanksgiving. They're immersed. Yeah, they're immersed already. Yeah. But you're you're right, and people want to avoid yeah, I think I mentioned it on our failed recording, but uh, the most irritated people at any one of the tables and in our case it was different because people had you know they paid and prepared to come to the beach they were all ready to go but when you're at the restaurant you'll see there's some 60 something white dude whose wife is like read about us in some magazine and wants to come to the restaurant this dude has no desire to be there this dude is like why am I here? This is so uncomfortable. There's, there's five other sixty year old white guys who are all pissed. They're there. They just want to be golfing, and and by the end they, they loosen up. But the first three toasts, man, it's like, it's like daggers while they're watching me toast. Like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> they need the first sip, you know. It kind of starts changing the whole,
2: the whole time. They all say
0: that too. Um, they say that. Yeah. They say I need wine, and I. Maybe we can address that too down the road, but
2: I just did a little, um, I'm going to answer your question, John. Sure. But I just did a little toasting event. Uh, my, my human resource team put together oh. for the end of the year. Cause we can't have a holiday party. So I was like, Hey, let's just like send everyone some wine, like, a bunch of wine and like, you know, drink together and raise a glass. And we had like, you know, a couple dozen people uh, toast. It was really awesome experience, but just a heads up. Um, That's perfect. But to get to your question about, uh, you know the the feasting experience that I was uh, participating yeah. with. I was talking to Neil about this for almost a decade. Just the the symbolism of the feast and the value of feasting, and the Eccle- you know Ecclesiastes talking about like better is the day of mourning than feasting. But this experience we can all have in feasting that's really can be transcendent. You know, and um, seeing the pattern of the three feasts in the in the Torah, like in the um, in the Old Testament, talking about like. Uh, you know, Pascha and Shavuot, which we call like Pesach and, uh, or, you know, Pascha and, uh, and Pentecost. Right. Uh, But there was a third feast where all the men went to the temple as well called Sukkot or the festival of booths, where the city and the, the city and the country kind of came together and everyone brought like their, their, food or sold it and bought whatever their heart desired including strong drink it says mm. um and shared it all together and then like you know whatever was left over was like for the priests and for the it was like for the storehouses and for like the sojourner and the, and the widow right uh so there's this pattern of a feast that i was really interested in because it told the story of god like the story of god abiding with his people right in the tabernacle mm. in the tent like you know with the pillar of fire all the way through to you know uh, on Shavuot is like when the 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 spirit went into the temple and all like all that kind of stuff, right? C- coming down to like John saying like uh, he came and dwelt among us, you know, and yes. that was it's using like this yes. tent language about his sojourning here and uh, in the incarnation. And so there was just this really cool thread uh, that I was using to, or I was exploring, I guess, myself and helping other people participate by coming to feasts and talking about these themes.
0: And you would do them for five, that, six days at a time, right?
2: Yeah, but also just the Sabbath, like I had a a Hebrew friend, an Israeli, who just came and did the Sabbath at my house once, just like said the prayers, and I was like, these prayers are beautiful, and this pattern is awesome, and they're breaking bread and drinking wine, and then we're not doing anything for the day. There's a stillness to it that was really powerful, so that's what got me digging into the Hebrew tradition in general, and yeah, got me into fast, feasting all the time, and the parallels uh, in the Georgian feast are like really uncanny, you know?
0: Uh, I, I... It's not even a debate. The Tamadas who study this in Georgia will tell you they it's all drawn out of the, the ancient Christian tradition, which of course is, you know, right there. Right there and right connected. Nino, who 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 was the enlightener of Georgia, she walked from Jerusalem. I mean, she was walking from Israel to go and take the Christian tradition to, to Georgia, the three hundreds. Pretty wild. It's pretty wild. Father, you're gonna paint me an icon, you said.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said he's made me one
0: first, though. I know. Oh, you?
1: oh, we got competition, and oh my goodness. <laughs> we'll see. You know, it'll it'll happen, and it, you know the thing is like like which is sort of like reflecting back on the feast thing. Every trial is the preface to a moment of grace. Hmm. And every moment of grace is a warning for a trial. And our life is a rhythm between those two. Mm. I cannot tell
0: you, now that I'm in the (laughs) fundraising business, how often someone will be generous and it'll come rolling in. And I swear to you, it's not like 24 hours later, something happens. It never (laughs) fails. It never fails.
1: It's crazy. Uh, yeah. But but no, it's just like it's just part of that whole thing. Like, you know, in the feast like ups ups and downs, ups and downs. That's so what's life, the job you know?
0: then? What's our job as embodied creatures walking around? It's to sort of like make peace with that, right? Which is a lot like making Dude, peace with it, death on some level, right? Like it's knowing our mortality.
1: Is it, to is to find the rhythmic harmony in it. And to sort of like become a pliable bamboo or a boat that knows how to navigate the waves.
0: Hmm.
1: It's Hmm. like basically because it's temporal existence is by definition uh, storms. And so we, we are seeking for the stillness of the kingdom. And so at the feast, we get an inkling of that. Because we come to rest to find a Sabbath from our labors and to have communion with each other wow, that reflects to some degree <sighs> the stillness of the kingdom of heaven.
0: But we can't and, stay and, at the and, table for too long. No, because no, 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 it, no, no, Right,
1: right, yeah, right. Can't because get it's drunk. not It's not right, right, right. Yeah. So that's the, that's, that goes back to the, the, you mentioned the whole wine component and Topher was mentioning the whole thing about like him distributing the wine to his to his staff and is 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 because wine is 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 both symbolically and very physically a opening a is a symbol of the opening of the kind con- of, of consciousness or to, to different levels and it uh, physiologically it actually uh, facilitates that but the so in that way it actually it is a, an image of the ecstatic or the the bliss of the kingdom but at the same time, it has, in a temporal sense, is the, 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 the multivalent component of symbolism where, like, baptism is both life and death. Similarly, yeah. wine could be an image both of the uh, attaining to higher levels of consciousness, or it could be the, the basing towards a yeah. level of chaos um, if you're not mm-hmm. careful. So, uh, but I think the feast, especially the way that the Georgian tradition has it with the tamada and like the toasting rhythm, it grounds it. It gives it a cohesion and a harmony that Mm -hmm. that keeps you from the what we know very well uh, as you know when we were in our in our stages of development as young people. Like in a Western society like the United States, where like the party is seen as just purely a chaotic opportunity to give in to your passions, and so the feast is is a way of controlling that and keeping at bay in order to focus on higher things, which is ultimately a communion that is healing. Yeah.
0: so we should so I had a spiritual father once to told me. If you want to know who to marry, not only watch how they fast, but watch how they feast. Oh, wow! Which which was helpful to me because yeah. you know you you tend to when you when you start something brand new and you're zealous, you tend to look at all the, you know, your brand new basketball player. I'm going to run fifty rat races. I'm going to do all the hard stuff and demonstrate how how good I am but also how do you celebrate probably tells you a lot about the character of someone as well. That's what I'm finding right now. Um, as I get older, like I can do these without getting hammered. Um, but I can't do them right. If I haven't fasted, it's pretty interesting. It's all becoming real. Why can't we know this when we're younger, Neil?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's funny. You say that because it does make sense to me what you're talking about, because, um, you know, there's this, there's this dualistic puritanical attitude that I think maybe was seeped into the Americas for sure. in my, And, you know, in our history here, um, that that anything that could swerve or go off the rails meant you should avoid it completely. Right. You know, and obviously that's dancing, singing, fun, drinking, eating pretty much all the stuff. And so the problem is, is that as a Christian, you can't reconcile that with Scripture because, well, there's wine and communion and there's all, all these elements I just threw out are they're they're prominent in Scripture, mm. um, especially in certain stories. So um, I think about it, too, like, you know, when I, we're talking about the idea of, of taking wine into yourself, the problem is, is that it does go to your head. So, um, in the sense that, like I, I gave the analogy when Father Suleiman and I were talking, it, like you can think of it as an internal candle you light. So, if you light a candle to pray as a celebration, you light the candle, the wax, the body burns down, and the smoke goes yeah, this up. Is great. They separate, right? Okay. So, when you drink wine, if you pay attention to what happens, something's fizzing up, right? Something's going up, and it and it can elevate you, and it can it can free you from some of the pains and the in the and const- the constricting nagging of the body to contemplate. Right. But you have an image of what happens with Moses when he goes up to receive the commandments where he leaves Aaron, you know, like the neck, the priest and the body behind. And so he has to go up for the revelation. But what happens when you go up for the revelation is that who's guiding the body? Right. So what's the body going to do? Well, you see what happens down there. Aaron doesn't know how to govern this without, you know, mm-hmm. Moses and what's above him. He's lost what's above him. And the body starts doing whatever the crap it wants. <laughs> and, and so that's where, when you're talking about the ascetic aspect of it, that's it, man. It's like, it's just like a fire drill. Like, so asceticism in a sense is like practicing for a fire drill, because when you're a kid, if there was a real fire, you would all panic and trample each other on the way out of the school. So you practice it when you're calm, you practice it when you're under control, so that when the moment arrives, you're already have rehearsed the motions of what you do. So drunkenness, I think that people think of it as like a technical, like, you know, blood alcohol content term. And I don't think that's the problem. I think a sober person can have a little alcohol, and not lose that ability to right. govern themselves. So drunkenness is different from person to person. It's like when you lose the ability to govern yourself and maintain your character, and you start to lose your character, you're drunk. Doesn't matter if it's a half a glass of wine, doesn't you know? But if you can maintain it after six, you're probably you're probably doing a little better. Not that I should give people numbers out there because someone will go home and be like, "I'm getting six glasses of wine." Neil said so, <laughs> and Father nodded. Don't trust, nodded.
0: On. Don't trust Neil on treatment. the science. You know what
3: I mean? But I, I think. That, Drunkenness, not as a technical scientific term, but it's like, hey, if yeah. I lo- if I lose my character, I'm saying stuff that's out of character. If I'm, you know, if I'm tempted to do things I don't want to do and can't control myself, yeah, I'm drunk. So, like, I, I think that's the important part of this. But at the same time, you can't give up what it frees you to get, to understand that ecstatic contemplation that, you know, the expansion of of that thought in the spirit. And, and especially if it's directed and guided towards God, it's an incredible gift we have in mind.
0: It's- Is that the same spirit? Oh, go ahead, Father. Let me ask, Father, is that the same spirit as when the fathers talk about don't watch out for laughter? They don't mean don't laugh. They mean don't laugh in that way?
1: well, Well, I was actually, what you're asking is in conjunction to what I was thinking just now in light of what Neil was saying, because drunkenness is ultimately, it has nothing to do with whether you're drinking wine, you're drinking whiskey, or you're drinking absinthe. Mm-hmm. It, it It is a state of whether or not you're watchful and sober mm-hmm. and your noose is in control or not, and that could happen whether you have had beer, wine, absinthe, whiskey, or whatever like it, like i'm I'm not saying that to 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 deny that you could put yourself in a vulnerable position if you overdo it with certain substances. I'm not saying that at all. But we also have to take into consideration that like the uh, patristic tradition of watchfulness is one that is geared towards maintaining sobriety, whether you are drinking wine or not.
0: This is crazy. Mm -hmm. I've got to tell you this. In Georgia, there's a very, very well-known tradition that the tamadam must drink at each toast. And so sometimes there's 16, 20 toasts but he must not be drunk. And so I'm not kidding. You hear this everywhere. Then you're like, okay, how can this happen? And I used to not believe it could happen, but this is a type of answer because at the restaurant I'll tell that story. And then people at the restaurant will be like, well, they are just, what, they're just like alcoholics. And you realize they're applying the science. They're not applying mm-hmm. the spiritual wisdom because mm-hmm. they're not drunk. I mean, they're not of drunkenness. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Well,
2: can you be, can you be drunk with anger? Mm-hmm. Can you be drunk with lust? Mm-hmm. Can you yeah, be of course. Drunk with greed, you know, yeah. like, are these things right. you can be then, exactly. then it shows that there's, it's not about this one application. It's about, right. as father sillawan said, uh, you know, the, letting go of the, the, the noose, you know, having, yeah. having control the watchfulness, uh, being, being the issue, you not watching out for your soul, basically.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. right.
2: But I don't you know vulnerable. about you guys
0: when I drink there's an actual little voice come on guys help me with this there's a little voice in my head (laughs) this is a fact Neil that says I am going in like like, tonight I'm going in even at the table sometimes I'll be like well this is a fun table these people father don't be mad at me but these people have a certain je ne sais quoi about them that makes me go I'm going in and then you I'll feel myself.
1: They're 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 too uptight.
0: No, they're the opposite. They're fun.
1: Okay. And then as the okay. tamada,
0: as the tamada, I'm you know I know my work. But I'll say to myself, Nah, I'm gonna have fun with these guys, and that usually means I'm gonna get drunk. But I'll oh, drink okay. the exact same amount. I could drink the exact same oh, amount as a previous night. I yeah, a, so yeah. will get silly. Yeah.
3: Like when you're on a long road trip as kids in the back of the car after like four hours and <laughs> everything's funny, even though nothing's really changed, except that you've been sitting in a car for a long period of time.
0: But if you um, stretch this out, it's really cool. It does mean that you can almost like be in. it's like a miraculous noose event. The noose can be in charge of your body in a way, despite the materiality of the event. Like you could you cannot be drunk despite the alcohol. Like that's pretty crazy, right? Am yeah. I being an idiot?
3: Well, that's how I make music. That's how I make music. It's like, uh, I, 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 it's a stupid phrase because it gets used oddly by some people. But flow state is the idea mm-hmm. that you're not, you're not worried about what could go wrong, and you're chasing down all of the beautiful things mm-hmm. that it could be. And you know that's a that's a nice state to be in. But again, like there's there's no. There's no point in life where it's like it's not to be a stick in the mud but you're you're, it's like, oh, I don't have to be careful. Like, I don't have to be level headed about this thing. It's like, no, everything's like that. But you find that, you know, I think there are certain levels, especially like the the farther you move up towards the highest reason you could be doing something, the more you can give yourself over to it. Mm -hmm. That's why in scripture it says be drunk with the spirit because it can't go wrong. It doesn't you can become obsessed with it. You can dwell on the spirit. You can you can empty yourself and be completely filled with the spirit of God. And it's only going to go more and more. Right. So it just depends when we talk about these secondary goods in these lower levels, they're always going to require uh, they're always going to require wisdom to govern so that right. we we get we get less of the bad side of the trade-off because like wine wine's a poison that's why it works it's poisoning you a little bit right mm. and that's also part of the symbolism that it is a contemplation of death and so those two things go hand in hand so if, for someone who's paying attention you're going to learn your lesson on it one way or the other like yeah. if you're if you're you're open to being honest about what's actually happening because if you don't engage it properly at first and you just go after the ecstatic elements You're going to learn the asceticism on the back end because you're going to you're going to experience the pain of engaging incorrectly, not just physically in your body, but also what it does to your relationships and your reputation. So um, it it wine is going to ask for asceticism eventually either way. Mm. So it's what you do at that point, too, for the people uh, that are engaging in it properly is really important.
0: Interesting. That's interesting. So we're going to we're going to we can talk about this forever, but I think all of us are going to be back together again. Um, at the symbolic world conference. Father, are you,
1: wait, going? is everyone?
3: I uh, know yeah, some father Silwan, are you coming in?
0: Come on, father.
3: Uh,
1: w- Come on. You're bringing up a topic that we have to discuss after we, we clock out. <laughs> it's not because, for, it's uh, not for public yeah, okay. consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got, yeah, it, got yeah, it. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I like how we're clocking
0: uh, out. It's like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like,
1: no, but I like, you uh, know, you what, can't know. Uh, in light of what Neil said really quick, I, I think it's important, uh, which I think this came up because one of our, our like, uh, Father Basilius, uh, our deputy abbot, like, has brought it up, um, and, and, and our abbot, Father Maximus also, uh, and I think it's based on, Saint Maximus the Confessor, that, like, the notion that there is multiple goods, we tend to think of things as, like, this is good and this is bad and we forget okay. that there is a variety of goods and 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 so so but by definition all the goods that we confront in this life entail discernment and sobriety and 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 the gauging of how we're going to use the good and i think if we see it that way mm-hmm. we we are like liberated from like the puritanic Puritanical like Cartesianism, if you want to call it that. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just like right. it, it's just like you can't you can't like live and enjoy what God has given us because you feel trapped by all the like landmines that you have to like, you know, always yeah. navigate in a way that is just basically suffocating. And the thing is that mm-hmm. no, like the, the 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 challenge of the Christian life is that we have been given liberty. And along with that liberty, there is a responsibility because St. Paul says that we cannot use our liberty as a cloak of unrighteousness. And so, mm-hmm. so that means that every single one of us, we have the responsibility to learn from experience how to implement the goods that God has given us in a way that will be transformative for the, for the better of like the community and our own enrichment and healing rather than for the destruction of our souls because of our giving to the passions. And so the tamara and the feast, the Kipe feast, is geared towards actually uh, attenuating or like reigning that good that we have been given of gathering together, having a feast in a way that is actually channeled, in a way that will be actually healing rather than destructive. Mm-hmm.
3: That's the bow we needed on this conversation. Uh, symbolic World Summit, though. Uh, wow. So I won't ask you more about that, Father Silouan. Um, I was just thinking about this because I was looking over the schedule because um, we're getting ready to release the schedule of the event. And, you know, I couldn't be more excited about, like, everybody in every category, even our, our hosts, John Hears, after being around him in person and watching him host an event. Wow, I, like, don't think they could have picked a better person. I don't think Jonathan could have a better person in that spot. But I mean, when it, all these subjects like Jonathan Peugeot and like father, Stephen DeYoung and Martin Shaw and you know, Nicholas Kotar, Richard Rollins, Vesper Stamper, let's exclude myself from this list. But all these people are like the best people I'd want to hear from in the world. Uh, and I know that these Vesper's things are then? like
0: Vesper Stamper.
3: Yeah. Vesper. Vesper is awesome. Oh, you need to have her at one of your events coming up. Big time, um, the uh, Vesper and Ben, I think, are coming. Ben's an amazing uh, artist and filmmaker as well. Um, so the the people that they're going to be they're going to be special surprise guests in the room too. Um, but I think that it's hard for people now because they're so used to just drip feeding themselves stuff on tap from YouTube and getting their content that way. I hope they don't miss out on the opportunity to come down to do this in person. And you know, shake Jonathan's hand tell him thank you in person yeah, for what he's been yeah. doing. Uh, I mean, I made him a video from the Tomada event and I sent it to him. I think I sent it to you too John to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody there had a story about how he impacted their lives and I was like, "Oh, I'm we're going to record all these with my phone real quick cool. and send them to him." Um, you know, cuz uh but I mean, just getting together, there's there's nothing like it and I don't know for for our time and what what's going on right now in the world and this like this reenchantment that's happening, um, really th- through orthodoxy mainly, um, is how I see it. But in other places as well, um, I don't think. I think everybody needs to bite the bullet and figure out a way to get down there who can, because uh, I want to meet you. And it's got, it's there's nothing like getting together in person, especially in these times.
0: It's got to happen, and it's got to happen. That's also medicine. It's also a kind of medicine a lot of people right now, especially a lot of young men, don't want to take because it's uncomfortable to meet all kinds of new people and get out of your get out of your, you know, your shell. But I'm telling you, it's gotta happen. It's so clear. Yeah. You know, Pajot Jonathan talks about it all the time embodiment and making things real by you know, being around. Yeah, it's so different. You know, but again, Father, you help me. I'm blessed to be able to sit on this Zoom with you guys. So I'm always one who goes in on the internet. You know, I'm always, there's a lot of evil in this modern invention. And it's true, but also it doesn't help me when I live in that, in that space. And so I think it's the same with the conferences. A lot of people go, well, I'll just watch that later. At some point, you can't, guys. You, got, you can't. You can't. It's, it loses its efficacy. You have to be relating in person. And that's what we're going to do. Topher, you and I are talking about something cool where we're going to, we're going to figure out how to do this everywhere.
2: In real life. Yeah. I think in real life is like a thing that it's like a cheat Mm -hmm. code for the future. Neil and I talk about it all the time, you know, raising raising children. We're like, oh no, it's not, it's not scary for them as long as we teach them to value in real life living, you know, not getting sucked into the metaverse as some, as some fake, you know, this is great, by the way, this technology that we can have like this virtual table, but this is definitely not as cool as the table we had. by the No, point, right? no, um, exactly.
1: totally, totally.
2: And it, it can't, it can't ever be that. So I think, yeah, in real life, there's not, there's no substitute. It's hard to, it's always, you always have to make a sacrifice to travel, to go places, not just financially, but like, you know, I leave all the time and whenever I do, it's like, I'm leaving patterns and people right, that right. I love, you know, and that are important to me. So I understand why people have trouble with that, but I think
3: we all need to realize the value of, you know, part yeah, of, the yeah. of the table
2: is it real life,
3: you and know? I- yeah. Modern tools, modern tools are great, but modern goals are not. Yeah, It's the goals sure. of what are what they always were from the, since people have existed. So I don't reject the times we live in. I'm happy to live in the times we are. I'm happy to have access to even something as crazy as postmodernism. Uh, like I don't want to access their goals and values and <laughs> their in their reasoning. But, uh, you know, if we all these things can be pointed to something better and there is no substitute, you will fill your life with junk and things you never wanted um, if you don't have in person real relationships with other people and a church. And and, uh, you're going to fill it with junk because you're going to try to make up for that. You're not going to know why you're doing it. You're not going to know why you want all these things. You're not going to know why you can't get over your stuff. It's because you're not sinking your teeth into the real. And so Mm -hmm. don't let the modern world, the modern world could be great. All these tools can be great, but you still, it's all there to point back to sinking your teeth into something real with a capital R. Uh,
0: Neil, man, that super thankful. I I just want to tell you guys this, and maybe then we finished up, but what you guys think of this? We've realized, and I, I know you guys know this, there's iteration, there's always iteration. You think you're doing one thing and then you realize, oh, I was actually working on this. I thought I was doing A, but I'm actually working on C. And I didn't see it until it was time to see it. And what we've realized is, is while we have a restaurant or first things works with people overseas or, and we're doing these small project development, that's what we thought we were doing here's what we're doing. And I, I realized that I want you guys to, you're on this journey already. Father, Neil, Topher, come on. You're with me and you're doing it too, is now in the restaurant, you'll see people, secular people, whatever people come in and they'll start doing it themselves. They'll, they, no one's, no tamaras there, no person at the restaurant's coming to egg them on. They sit down, they get a bottle and they just sit and talk and they you'll see them toast as Tama does. And these are people who have just fallen in love with the restaurant and what I want, I want that to be my neighbor that calls me over for, like, what if that starts to happen? What if the people well, that's in the, my neighborhood- That's the beautiful thing. Yeah.
2: It's about teaching people how to make music together. John, you 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 used a lot of music references and you know, talking about how the Tama does like a DJ in, in some regard, but those three of the things that you talked about in your symposium, you know, in terms of the third thing and the, mm. the, the, the peaks and valleys, as well as the stillness, you know, like these are all like musical, you know, this like musical um, at oh, references. You're right. right? You're and I right. think it's actually really, really beautiful when you, when you're thinking about this, but it, Neil talked about it there about how, the event itself help us harmonize. Uh, he mentioned it today, but it's actually like we're all on our own levels. But as we get together it, over this common ground, we start like actually kind of getting in sync with each other. Mm. Um, and, you know, you see it happen in a cool way. So teaching people how to be automata, even in, you know, and to move towards that is teaching people the art of lifting up something else, uh, you know, that's higher than themselves, lifting up a good, you know, talking about that. the good that we have. And it's a it's a Eucharistic thing. It's like receiving something as a blessing and offering it back up, you know, is is that pattern. So I think it's a really good thing to teach people to do. And they have an inherent desire to do it in general because they receive all this beautiful stuff in the world and they need to have a place to, they need an output for it.
0: Th- um, that's what that Neil, that's why I'm with you on postmodernism it's allowing the breakdown of whatever this thing was, this materialistic modernism. And and again, thankful Mm -hmm. for it, but the breakdown of it allows people to imagine that they can do Eucharistic things, even though they may not even know what that means. Like, that's right. Like, let's try, like there's some,
3: that's what we do. We imitate beautiful things. So hopefully, Mm -hmm. hopefully we imitate the right things. Like if there's malice in our heart, we're going to imitate that. Like the things that, you know, give it that kind of outlet. But people talk about these, like everybody's argues about political solutions and they're so politicized or like, Oh, there needs to be this economic change and those kind of things. They're not nothing, but they have no ability to redeem you. Right. And what's going to, what's going to, the only hope in the future is is pockets of people who live beautifully. And, uh, you know, little cities on a hill, uh, for other people to look through and be like, okay, I don't know what they're drinking over there and they're eating over there, but I want to do it with them. um, and I think and I think that this really the, the desert that the world has become in in isolation, in our self-individualization and all these things we're pursuing and trying to lift ourselves up with self-esteem, this dead end cannibalistic strategy of attacking our own heart to try to add value to ourselves. I think the world's exhausted from that. And what we're talking about here, what what I experienced in church, what we experienced at things in the feast like this and real communion with other people, um, that's that's a beacon. Uh, that's a beacon in the night and that's, you know, that's uh, an oasis in a desert. And I think the more we see that, the more hope there is for the world in our in our country, in our communities.
0: Let's uh, let's remind everybody. So it's the end of February, the weekend of February. 29th. Oh, the conference, yeah. February
3: 29th. Tarpon Springs, Florida. I think it's three ninety nine for a ticket. All the VIPs are sold out. OK, I'm doing this out of memory. Um, and so you'll have to grab a hotel room, but the hotel rooms are already blocked out. They're not that expensive. If you have five or more people from like a church or, or a group coming, you can get a 10% discount. Nice. This is the last information I was given. Uh, but those those last tickets are gonna go fast. I mean, they already sold more than half and this is the time when everybody starts jumping in. So don't don't miss out. I wanna shake your hand and uh, and get you to see John, John's wonderful MCing <laughs> and his endless jokes about bear fur and rabbit fur. <laughs> I gotta You've got a ton of them. I
0: gotta get some new ones. I gotta get some new ones. <laughs> hey, by My the way, you're you're playing a concert. Don't don't
3: I am. I am. Yeah. We're, uh, our band's coming. We're gonna do our release show for I can't Firebird. Wait for that, man. So at least pretend like you like, uh, you know, rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: I'm a funk guy. I'm listening to other stuff, but I tell you what, you guys, drag, you you drag me in. I love it. It's such good stuff. Yeah, thanks. The lyrics are amazing. All right, Father. Thanks for coming on, Father. Father, a
1: blessing, man. We'll make sure the that these
0: guys and their icons get painted. But let's let don't I forget know. the little I gotta, guys. I gotta
1: paint your icon. Yeah, let's not let's not clock out uh, right away because I want to like you the breeze a little bit about this like logistics about like the 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 summit thing.
0: Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah, no yeah. worries. Um, much love to all you guys. Thanks for being on here. It's a big deal. Topher, I'll see you soon, God willing. Um, we'll figure that out, and uh, I can't wait. Thank you guys. Thanks for your time.
1: You got it. Thank uh-huh. you.
0: Well. I'm glad that we could all be together. If you were with us, that was probably a treat. If you weren't, I hope it was a treat as well. Join us next year. We're going to do two, maybe three, maybe four, not five, not six, not seven. We're going to do a few. Be very aware. They're coming out. Thanks for joining up, being part of our world, for being a supporter if you're one of those. Can't wait to see you on our monthly call. Remember us. If you ever want to give a little and gain a lot, we can help you because we're authentic. Hopefully, we have integrity in the field and we help those who need it most by allowing them and serving them so they help themselves. First things foundation, let's leave with some Greg Gilbertson and his crew from Wisconsin playing us out with their song, Gagi Mergers.